Hey everybody, thank you for joining me today. With this world dealing with all this coronavirus, people are looking for answers. It's a wonderful thing to know that God loves His church. Now, He loves everybody. He loves us so much, in fact, that He died on the cross for us. But He especially loves His church. In fact, He considers us the bride. Um, Jesus being the bridegroom, we are the bride. We'll not have to go through that end of times scenario known as the Great Tribulation. Today's sermon is a reminder for us to be watching and waiting for the rapturing of the believers of this earth. The scripture today will be in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. I appreciate you joining us. Turn with me to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. While you're turning there, let me start with the introduction. <clears throat> On April 19th, 1775 we have the opening shots of the revolutionary war in america between america and great britain it was at lexington and concord massachusetts it would be anywhere from six weeks to three months for england to get the news that they were now for sure at war with the 13 colonies from uh, the ships that would sail across the Atlantic. Almost 100 years later, on April 12, 1861, Confederate troops opened fire on the United States garrison at Fort Sumter, South Carolina, and in the following weeks, one by one, the southern states seceded from the Union, and over the next four years, this country was torn in two with much destruction. Now, because of the trade industry, the entire world would be affected by America's Civil War, and they waited anxiously for news. <clears throat> because of Samuel Morse's invention of the telegraph in 1844, news traveled a little faster, but only in developed areas. It would still take correspondence by horseback to uh, get to those uh, rural areas outside um, cities and in the mountains and so on and so forth. And because of the, and because of war, lines would be cut, often delaying the messages even longer and cause a, a longer timeline. Now, it still took over a week for mail to reach from New York to Pennsylvania uh, by horseback or rail at that time. Approximately 30 years after the Civil War, an Italian inventor by the name of Marconi was able to make a machine to send and to receive code, Morse code, through open airwaves and radio telegraphy was born. For the first time in world history, man could communicate across oceans and across thousands of miles of land in just minutes. Um, it wasn't perfect, but on the morning of April 15th, 1912, Two men were able to send out a distress code, CQD, uh, for the RMS Titanic, in which another British ship, the RMS Carpathia, answered and headed to the rescue. It was still four hours away. On April 6, 1917, the United States entered World War I, allied with Britain, France, and Russia. Wireless communication had come a long way, but problems like interference from other stations couldn't be helped. Because of the obvious fear 
of enemy interception, the majority of communications between Europe and Washington was still by correspondence and mail. Um, however, with the diesel engines of ships, sailing time had increased from nearly two months in 1775 to just four days in 1941 when Japan attacked Pearl Harbor, Hawaii. Over the next 60 years, we would see computers go from the size of a large room to the size of a wristwatch. Man can talk and look at each other 10,000 miles away. Uh, we've learned to communicate to astronauts while orbiting the Earth in space. And now we know sound travels at the speed of light. And the entire world watched live on TV as the World Trade Center, the Twin Towers, crashed to the ground on September 11, 2001. Satellites have been made um, to do everything possible, uh, made everything possible for something to happen in one place of the world and simultaneously be viewed on the other side of the world. Many events have happened throughout history. We've saw great and we've saw wonderful things, but we've also witnessed disasters all in real time. But there is coming an event that will shake all of humanity like never before. And everyone will be affected in one way or another. If you have your Bibles open still, I'm going to ask you to join me at your home in your car and read with me in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13 through 18. It says, But I would not have you... To be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with the shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we, which are alive and remain, shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. Would you pray with me right quick? Father, thank you for this day. We pray for our country. We pray for our churches. We pray for our world leaders. We pray for our government leaders. Lord, we pray that you raise somebody up that will give attention, that would, that would look, look at the religious freedoms in this world. And Father, we know ultimately you are in control, Father, and we do not wish any harm. We wish that these things would go away, the situations we're dealing with. But Father, I also hope and pray that you'll take these catastrophes these situations that we're in, and use them to bring honor and glory to you somehow. Be with us right now as we go through this sermon. In your name, Jesus, amen. <clears throat> the rapture of the church is a very uh, brought up topic, especially today, especially this week. Verse 17 uses the word caught up. 
Um, the word we get rapture is not found in the Bible, actually, but uh, neither is the word Bible found in the Bible. That's an argument a lot of people make up that do not believe a church will be called away. There are a lot of people that do not believe in a pre-tribulation rapture of the church, and they want to throw that back at me, and they want to say, well, the word rapture is not even in the Bible. Well, that's what I always bring back up. The word Bible is not even in the Bible. We get the word rapture from the Greek term rapturo, and it means in our English, a state or experience of being carried away. In sense, we see verse 17 says, shall be caught up. Um, the church will literally be snatched up by the living God. This, uh, this wouldn't be the first time, actually, that God's ever done this either. Genesis 5, uh, verse 24 speaks of the man Enoch. It said, and Enoch walked with God and he was not, for God took him. Uh, Hebrews 11 and 5 goes back over the story and says, By faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death. See, if we had any question from Genesis, we can research and look in, uh, in the New Testament and Hebrews. And he says that should not see death and was not found uh, because God had translated him. He had transformed him. For before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. Enoch was taken away by God. Then another man in 2 Kings chapter 2 reads this. It says, And it came to pass, as they still went on and talked, that behold, there appeared a chariot of fire and horses of fire, and parted them both asunder. And Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. The Bible says he was basically snatched out, caught up, as in our scriptural reading, 1 Thessalonians. Many believe Enoch and Elijah will be the two witnesses spoken of in Revelations 11. There's other forms of skepticism on who it would be. Uh, but right now, let's just concentrate on our scripture in 1 Thessalonians. Why would God choose to rapture the church anyways? My lengthy timeline introduction pointed out the increase in knowledge, the increase in um, communication from around the world, how it went from the uh, the 18th century and before it was just um, by foot and by horseback and by ship all the way to right now, um, I, can, I can say words and movement and someone can watch me in live action uh, on the bottom of the world, the top of the world, on the other side of the world from where I'm at, the farthest distance that they could possibly be. In the book of Daniel, a prophecy book, uh, the book of Daniel chapter 12, he says this, but thou, O Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book even to the time of the end. And listen to this, many shall run to and fro and knowledge shall be increased. When I speak on knowledge being increased coming from Daniel chapter 12, verse four, that's the same exact reason that I'm putting these, uh, these sermons on radio or in this uh, uh, podcast, if you will, I'm wanting to use knowledge for a holy reason, to get the word of God out to someone who may not visit the church that I preach at. They may not hear me actually preach the words in live action unless um, they're here. However, maybe you can you can see it. The technology is being used um, to spread God's word. Even today, ladies and gentlemen, we would be wise this morning to consider the vast advancement in knowledge throughout all the different evangelical denominations. We find many differences in our doctrine. We can't, uh, 
We don't always agree on New Testament teachings. It doesn't mean anyone's more wrong than the other one. If you're preaching Christ crucified by the blood and that that redeems you, then I'm, I'm happy about that. Do I want everybody to agree with me? Of course. Do I realize everybody's not going to agree with me? Of course. In the sense, I also hope others realize I'm, I believe a certain way. I interpret things a certain way, and I may not agree with you. However, the one thing that we can all agree on. Folks, I'm talking about Pentecostal assembly. Uh, I'm talking about a lot of Catholics, if you will. I'm talking about Baptists of all different kinds, Church of Christ. I'm talking about all types of denominations that preach Christ crucified can agree on the fact that we are living in the last days. Amen. I don't know if you agree with that today. But I believe as we see these events unfold before us that these are part of the birthing pains that Matthew 24 speaks about. I will preach on that in the, in the very near future, so I'm not going to get on that too much today. Today, I just want to focus on the church being called out, okay? Isaiah, the book of Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Hosea, Matthew, Mark, John, 2 Corinthians, Ephesians, Revelations, all on multiple accounts, all compare and address this church, the body of Christ, as, as the bride of Christ. The bridegroom takes special care of his bride. The bridegroom is Jesus himself. Now, you have to you have to use this in, in a sense of, of um, that, that we all belong. We'll, there will be a spiritual marriage between the bride of Christ and Jesus, the bridegroom. Since the creation and the fall of man, our natural selves, our nature has been to rebel against God, has been to rebel against God and the holy ways. He decided once to flood the earth. However, the sinful nature was still present. Even though Noah was a man whom God uh, looked at and realized had a true heart, had an uplifting heart, the Bible says Noah was perfect in his generations. He was not perfect in his life. He was a sinner, but he didn't have any major sin applied to his life. He was a man who still uh, revered God and, and, and the holy things. God spared Noah and his family, but yet when they stepped off of that ark on dry land the sinful nature was still present on earth um so so thousands of years later we as the bride need to be looking for the return of christ amen today if you'll look with me if you'll turn to matthew chapter 24 um you we can read another scripture matthew chapter 24 i want you to look with me in verse number 37 Jesus is speaking here, and Jesus says, But as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of Son of Man be. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day that Noah entered into the ark, and knew not until the flood came and took them all away, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Folks, I want you to know that that's a... That's a eye-opening scripture. It's somewhat of a scripture that if you're not, it's kind of scary to a lot of people. And like so, it should be. If you're not living for Jesus, if you're not having, if you know for sure that you're not saved, friend, you ought to be concerned 
with eternity, even today. You can see things unfolding around you. These are not just normal actions that we're dealing with. These are supernatural uh, events going on before our eyes. Spiritual warfare is going on all over this world, even now, even as I speak. One day, God's going to begin to bring judgment on this world. He will attempt one last time to persuade the Jewish people to accept his son as the Messiah. Galatians 6 and 7 tells us, Be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. That shall he also reap. Folks, there's not going to be any excuse for that day. There's not going to be any reason why you're going to be able to Um, have an excuse that justifies not coming to Christ. Today is the accepted time. Give your life to Jesus even today. Sunday morning service doesn't allow me the time to go into the detail of what God's plan is. I don't have the time, but thirdly this morning, I want to speak on when the church is caught up, This will begin what is known as the Great Tribulation. Now, many of you listening to this already know about the Great Tribulation. You know it's a period of seven years, three and a half years of peace, three and a half years of hell on earth. This figure, the Antichrist, will wage war on Israel, and God will be there to protect them over and over to show his love. However, uh, the church... The, 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 those that are saved right now will not be there. During this time, there will be others who get saved. There will be people who give their life to Jesus during this tribulation period. However, the church itself will be raptured out. Let me tell you about the power of the church, brothers and sisters. And I'm not going to get, I'm actually getting off my notes just a minute, but I want to tell you that the reason the church is called away is because we won't be here to pray Satan down. Now, I want to think about that. That's a whole different topic right there. But God has given the church power through prayer. And when churches get together and they bend their knees and they they clasp hands, they bow their head and they pray in the name of Jesus for things to happen, friends. I want you to understand that things will happen. It's not because we ourselves are powerful. It's because of the Holy Spirit that lives inside of us. Because our God is alive and well today but we won't be there in mass we won't be there in wholeness we'll be gone we'll be sitting at the marriage supper amen that's where we'll be in the book of romans chapter 5 verses 8 and 9 god says this or the lord says this but god commanded his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners christ died for us much more than being now justified by his blood we shall be saved from wrath through him. God's word tells us that we shall be, because Christ died for us, how much more will he be? It says being now justified by his blood. He's going to protect us. It says he, we shall be saved from wrath through him. Now you have to do a little research on this. Now I want you to understand to look at this, you have to break it down. Some people question this. Many people do not agree with this. Uh, mid-tribbers and post-tribbers do not believe this part. But the, the, the folks who call themselves pre-tribbers, the folks that look at the Bible, we take it and we, we move it, we decide through it, and the God that we serve has spoken to us and has given us assurance 
This is one of the reasons. First of all, there's a difference between chastisement and wrath. He says we shall be saved from wrath through him. We're being chastised right now. Amen. If you're a sinner and you are a sinner, friend, whether you want to accept it or not, then we get chastised. We get corrected. The Lord uses things in our life to correct us. First of all, we get convicted from the Holy Spirit. If we don't repent or turn from the wicked way, turn from the sin, then he'll bring some sort of correction to us. And there is countless metaphors and countless things written in the Bible to prove that point. So that's chastisement. That's correction. That's what you do with your children whenever you don't want them to get burnt with the stove um, on the stove or the hot boiling water. You correct them. You chastise them, but you don't hate them. You don't uh, you're not angry at them as far as you uh, wish some sort of banishment. Now, the word wrath, on the other hand, the word wrath gives uh, the, the indication of a stern punishment, a stern punishment. There's a difference in correction and punishment. Now, you understand the word wrath is, is, is a whole lot different meaning than chastisement would be. Wrath says, hey, there's some sort of punishment coming for, for what you've done against me, and it's stern. And that stern punishment will be cast into hell for denying and blaspheming the Holy Spirit all these years. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm trying to point out to you that the Lord loves you. He loves me. He loves us enough to where he's given us the opportunity to get saved right now. He's given us an opportunity to not have to go through this torment of seven years of tribulation. I'm wondering today if you are in a place right now in your life that you will miss this tribulation time. Are you in a place right now in your time where you're saved by grace? Can you honestly say here, wherever you're at, that God has saved you? First of all, walking down the aisle and asking the Lord to save you is how we do things in church. However, there's a multitude of people who have done that very thing but didn't mean it in their heart. Now, I didn't say they didn't understand it. I said they didn't mean it. I'll be honest with you. I didn't understand it either too much, but I had faith, and over the years I've come to see it grow. So it's not a matter of whether you didn't understand it, but did you mean it? You may be out there and you say, well, preacher, I got saved when I was 12 years old or I was 16 years old or I was 20 years old. But you've gotten out of church and you have not been involved with the Lord in some time. Well, I need to ask you today, friend, did you really get saved? Did you mean business? Okay, there's also those of you out there who maybe you did get saved many years ago, but you have gotten away from the Lord and you're looking to get back with, you feel him calling to you right now. You know, things are going on. You see in the signs of the times you're seeing, you have questions, you have concerns about what's coming. Well, friend, that's because the Lord's given you a spirit of discernment and you understand that he's trying to get your attention. I want you to know that you can use today's, you can use this message today to get your life back right. Get back in order with him. I'm just preaching to you now as a friend. I'm trying to come to you uh, off script to let you know that God does 
indeed love you and his ears are open. He's waiting for you to call out to him. But for the rest of you, you may be skeptic. You may have listened to this. You may have snickered all the way through this. You may have disagreed with everything I've said. I want to ask you a question. If there was any chance, now you have to be open. You have to be somewhat honest with me here. If there was any chance that these events would happen in our lifetime, that what the Bible says is true, if there was any chance for that to happen, would you be honest today? Obviously, I can't see you, so just to yourself, is that a possibility? If there was a chance, then I want to ask you this, friend. Why would you not want to take care of the business that you have with God today? Why would you want to leave? Why would you gamble with your eternity and your soul today? I believe through this, I've seen God work through using these recordings. I've seen God work through um, videos and DVDs. I've seen God work over the radio in people's lives. And I believe today that the Holy Spirit, a living God, is visiting somebody as they're listening to this. You say, why would you believe that? Are you just trying to, to make yourself feel good? No, I believe that God calls on the hearts of man. I don't know who you are, friend. But I know his living word touches us, speaks to us, calls out to us because he wants to save us. Because the Bible said it is not his will that any should perish. He don't want you to die and go to hell, friend. He wants you to get your life right with him today. Jesus said in John chapter 6, verse 37, All that the Father giveth me shall come to me. And him that cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out. I want to go ahead and let you know that you don't have to live that lost life anymore. You don't have to be concerned or wonder what's going to happen to you. What if the rapture takes place in my lifetime? Well, to be quite honest with you folks, I'm looking for the Lord's return. If he comes during my time, I, I, I don't, I'll be happy. If he doesn't come during my time, I'll still know that I've lived life enough to look for it. But I also take comfort in knowing that he'll give some of my friends, some of my family, some of you a little bit longer. Since he hasn't raptured me out by the recording, this church, he hasn't took us home. You have time. You have time today. In just a short just a short second, we're going to bow our heads, and I'm going to ask you to say this prayer with me. If you're lost today, if you need Jesus, I'm going to ask you to say this prayer with me and get things settled today. Let's bow our heads. Lord, I know I'm a sinner. I know that you gave me life. Father, I admit that I need you today. I believe that you are the Son of God. I believe that you did come to this earth sinless to save our souls. I believe that you can save me today.
Father, as written in Romans, I confess that you are the Son of God. I confess that I need you. I confess that I want to be saved today. Jesus, please save me even now. I want to go to heaven. I reject Satan. And I want to live for you forevermore. I pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Friend, if you've just prayed that prayer and you meant it, you meant those words, I'm going to congratulate you and say, welcome to the kingdom of heaven. Your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. Now, I can't talk you into heaven. I can't preach you into heaven. I can't wish you into heaven. You had to mean those words. If you meant those words, friend, I'm going to go ahead and tell you I'm so proud of you today. If you want to reach out to me, let me know. Um, maybe you're hearing this on on a, uh, on my podcast. Um, reach out to me. Let me know the decision that you've made. You can email me. You can Facebook messenger me. You can send something in the podcast itself. You can write me a letter if you'd rather do that. I want to let you know that these times we're living in, they are trying, they are troubling, they are uncertain. That's been that way uh, for many, many, many years. It didn't just start. However, as I mentioned, we can see we can see things um, getting a little bit different, getting getting more intense, if you will. So I I'm proud of you for the decisions you've made. I want to go ahead and let you know that. Um, I'm trying to get these podcasts back going more, and I'll invite you to listen to the ones that are in the future. Let's pray right now. Father, we thank you today for letting us be here. We thank you for the wonderful opportunity of preaching your word and receiving your word. Father, I just pray right now that you'll take the words that were preached here today, you'll take this recorded message and and just spread it like seeds in the garden, Lord. It'll go out and spread forth seeds of righteousness to a world that's lost and dying and undone and needs hope today. Father, I thank you for the wonderful blessings you've given us. Lord, if there's one that's listening to this and they're going through troubling times, trying times, Father, I pray that you lift their hearts up even now. Let them know that the church is praying for them. We may not know their name. We may not know their situation, but we are praying for them, that that you strengthen them and that they give all their heart to you before it's too late. Father, I ask you to be with us the remainder of this day, and we pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen.